welcome. I'm Danielle Sally. And I'm Eva Fusa. And you're listening to Ghost Boss, stories about the freelance afterlife. Hey! Hey, Eva, how are you? I'm good, how are you? How's everything been going? I mean, my second, that's probably fourth cup of coffee based on the size of my cup. (laughs) It's finally hit, so I'm good. There you go. There you go. So this episode, I wanted to talk about something that... Uh, Jamal Milner, a business mm-hmm. owner in Virginia, yeah. talked to me about. Um, he has been such a big mentor. He's delightful. He's delightful. And I've met him through AAF. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we worked together at my old job. We would contract with him. And then now I get to work with him again. Yeah. Freelancer to freelancer, which has been awesome. Um, but he has been such a great mentor to yeah. me on on just tips on getting started. And he said to me one time, and this is what is really inspiring this whole episode. Yeah. But he said to me, I want to make sure that I am teaching everyone all the mistakes that I went through so that they can succeed. Uh And not only that, but recognizing that you are also going to make a lot of mistakes, Yep, but you will only grow as a business owner by making those mistakes. Mm-hmm. So today's episode, mm-hmm. we wanted to get into some of the mistakes that we've learned. Maybe it's freelance, maybe it was before we went freelance, but some of the mistakes that we have made yes. in what we've learned from them. And we're going to share it with all of you. Yeah. So you don't make the same mistakes. Hopefully it helps. Hopefully. We'll see. All right. So Eva, you've been doing this for yeah. a little bit longer than yeah. I have. Yeah. So maybe what are some things that you have learned in your freelance career sure. that you want others to learn from? Yeah. Um, and this isn't a numbered list. We're going to yeah do lots of things here. <laughs> um, the first thing that I learned, I learned this the hard way is, um, and this kind of splits off into a couple of different things. Um, get things in writing. Yes. Um, I was verbally told a rate for a flat rate project yep. and accepted it. And then when the client mailed me the payment, it was for half of what we agreed on. Yeah. A thousand percent. I'm sure it was just an oversight. Like, I don't think by any stretch. Sure. The client was trying to underpay me for the work. Right. But I got the check and I was going to call them. And then I went to go pull my receipts. Yeah. Receipts. Proof. Timeline. Screenshots. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't have receipts, proof, timeline, or screenshots um, because we made a verbal agreement. Yes. Now, sometimes when you're discussing scope with a client, you're talking, especially somebody that you've worked with for, you know, before, uh, sometimes you do verbally agree on stuff. So then you just send an email, a text message. Yep. A signed contract is ideal. Yes. However... However, an email or a text, anything in writing yes. still bolsters uh, I have actually, evidence. I got to a point where I would have some clients, they always love doing a phone call. Yeah, and I got some like that. I, I learned earlier on in my career that sometimes I got to get them to reply to me in an email. Yeah. Be, so I get it in writing. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to hold it against them, but no. it's just like something to I can refer back to. Mm-hmm. Because if if too many stuff is on phone call, right? I have nothing to look back on. I right. have nothing to, as documented. Yep. So I, if you can get people to respond to an email versus always calling you on the phone, sure. Then that will definitely help you in the long run. Yeah, and it can just be a, like I've got clients like that that like to talk. Yeah. So then I just send a follow up 
Yes, just absolutely. making sure, and it's it's good for everybody. This to is what back. we discuss on the yeah, phone, and this is what we agree to. Yes, um, and so I think that's really important. Absolutely, that kind of leads me into another thing that I learned the hard way. This is before I freelanced full time. I was yeah. very early on in my career, and it is to get a deposit for flat rate projects. Yes, and that kind of ties into something else, like how you proof out your projects. Make sure it's a proof file, right? So I had a I had somebody that I did some work for. A very long time ago, um, I made a shirt. Yeah. I did not get a deposit. Yeah. I sent them a PDF as the proof. They never replied. They went and got the shirts printed. I walked into an event and saw them. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. man. And then the person like stopped responding to my emails. Well, and that's what's unfortunate is because of past mistakes. Yeah. Right. We sometimes... It's not necessarily we think every single client's going to do that. No, 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 no. But we have to protect ourselves yeah. as designers in a business. Yeah. Because that that's that's how we're putting money in the bank. That's yep. how we're putting food on the table yep. is our design. So we do have to make sure we're protecting ourselves. So if mistakes were made in the past like that, yeah. you're going to make sure all your proofs are sent a little bit differently right. now. <laughs> right. And maybe, look, maybe it was an oversight. Maybe she thought right. somebody else paid me. I think she ended up leaving the job shortly thereafter. Maybe that's where the communication fell apart. Sure. I, I don't know. But yeah. I definitely know I did not get paid and I walked into an event and saw a shirt that I designed. That's crazy. Well, and you're not the only one that that's happened no. to before. No, 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 no. Absolutely yeah. not. No. Um, so get a deposit for flat rate. Yes. Have a contract. We have a contract that. because especially you know, retainer or hourly, whatever. However you do it. However you do it. You want that in writing yep. and agreed upon yep. all in advance yep. of this is what I will be paid. Mm-hmm. This is how much. This is the the timeline in which I will pay. Like I usually put on there. You know, if I, if it's someone that I'm always going to invoice them at the end of the month. Yes. I put that in there. And then when I you have X amount of days to mm-hmm. pay back. If you don't, there's going to be a late fee, mm-hmm. things like that. But just making sure it's in writing and, and it's just the kind of hold everyone accountable. Right. To make sure that, you know, no one runs off with your design to make t-shirts for free. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And I mean, it helps, you know. I'm no legal scholar. Yeah. But I do watch, <laughs> really? <laughs> but I do watch a lot of Judge Judy. Um, but, it, you know, contracts, contract law is a whole thing. Yeah. But like if you try to pursue legal action for some reason and you don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, a reply to an email is yes. maybe not as strong as signing a contract, exactly. but it does, it does show a meeting of the minds, which yes, is really important. For sure. Um, and if you're not sure where to start, I did not know where to start when I first made my first contract. Yeah. Um, you can Google some pretty basic like yeah. starter, boilerplate. Um, and really you just have to clarify, you know, who's the client? Yep. Um, how much will you get paid? Yep. Um, I have a clause in there that I will not um that I may become like aware of privileged information. Yes. And that I will yes. not disclose that. And then I've had some clients that on top of that make me sign NDAs. Yeah. So I've done some startup work where I had to sign NDAs. And that's what I, I usually have that in there just so they know I'm, I'm taking this very yeah. seriously. Yeah. I'm it protects gonna, everybody. Gonna, exactly. Yeah. But a lot of times too, they'll send a contract as well. Yeah. And you'll make sure you sign it. And one thing, and this gets us to another item that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. but I put in my contract is Use of the work. I'm so that, glad you brought that up. Yeah, yes. So yes. use of the work, if I can put it on my portfolio Correct. or yes. not. And if not, 
I have in there, please just give me a written. Yeah. I just have a clause that says right. just, just, just in Provide writing, in writing yep. that I yep. cannot, mm-hmm. and then just won't use it because I have gone down this avenue of freelance where I'm working with agencies a mm-hmm. lot. And I just know there's going to be a whole lot of my work that I will not be able to showcase sure. on my social media, sure, which is fine. I'm okay with that. Right. So it's, I'm going to be more likely to show it with anyone where I'm working directly with the client myself, uh-huh. but I want to make sure it's in there. So I know if I can share it or not, because if I'm working through an agency, they have to get it cleared by their client, uh-huh. but they might not necessarily want to share that a contractor, you know, things, yeah. like, basic things That's like fine. that. Yeah. So I like to make sure it's in there so that I know what I do have right. <laughs> that I can share on yeah. my social media accounts and my website. And it just makes everybody aware because I yeah. think a lot of clients, I mean, you do a lot of agency work. I've done yeah. some, but non-agency work, some clients have no idea that yes. you would do that. Oh, that's that's a good point. They're okay with it, yes. but you need to ask. Yes. I've only ever gotten pushback and I use that term very lightly, you know, because you just have to barely tap me on that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's fine. Um, it was agencies, which is fine. Yes. Um, I do a lot of law firm work. Oh yeah. And, um, one of them, I actually removed the clause because I was doing work for, um, for a trial, like okay, doing graphics yeah. that were going to be presented at a trial. And so I was like, well, first off, this is some of the most unsexy work I've ever done <laughs> in my entire life, but it was very important in it. And it was yes. like part of, part of a very big lawsuit. Um, but two, I was like, they're not going to want, this is all privileged information because it's part of a trial and they're yes. not going to want to do that. But I also had, um, I did a marketing flyer for a, for a strategy firm and yeah. they, they pushed back and they were just like, um, they, they, sent back my contract signed and in the email wrote per your contract, I am putting in writing that you may not display this on your website. And it was just a flyer. They read the contract. And that's perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, yeah. So I, I took it off, but I think it's a really great point because I've, um, I've talked to some people that, uh, you know, they're like, well, you know, my, I didn't have a lot of stuff to put on my website. So I put yeah. some stuff on my website from this and yeah. they told somebody else not to use their stuff. And now I'm in this gray area. Right. And so like, um, you know, you just, you want to be on the up and up in that. Yeah. And if anybody were to ever call me and be like, pull it down, I'll pull it down. Oh, I'm going to. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But just rule of thumb, anything you put on your website, but it, I don't care if you did the work, you did it's it for not about someone. That. Yeah. yeah. You should get permission to yeah. put it on your portfolio. Absolutely. Definitely agree. Absolutely. I think that kind of leads into, you know, when I send contracts in. Yeah. And, you know, agree about rates and stuff like that. But I also like to send very detailed scope emails. Yes. I've learned, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts about that too, (laughs) because everybody's on the same page about deliverables and due dates and turnarounds and deadlines and all that. So do you have some, some feels? Well, it's interesting too, because my career, I have jumped back and forth so much from design creative to development web world. Mm -hmm. And I feel that in the development world, we were much better about scope, scope creep. Yeah. And including in writing exactly what we are going to provide. Yeah. Because, and it's very easy too to kind of say, well, that's out of scope. That's not in scope, blah, blah, blah. Whereas design. It's harder. It's harder. Right. And so, but what I do, and I have been trying to do this more and more and more, especially if I'm providing a timeline. Yeah. I like to put in there how many reviews they get. I added that very recently. And I I recommend it for everyone because once you get past your review number, 
then you're getting past how many hours you scoped for this project. Right, right. And the more reviews mean more hours spent, which means your estimate is slowly going out the window. Yeah. Right. And you want to make sure you're keeping your clients honest. And even more so if it's a flat rate project, you want to make sure you are staying within, because even if it's flat rate, you've figured out, right? How many hours you're going to spend on the project in order to figure out that flat rate. So you want to work in there. Okay. You can have so many rounds of edits. I do. And I, I am sometimes bad about making sure I have that in there with design pieces mm-hmm. um, in the print world. But web, I make sure if I'm working on a website, I'm noting exactly how many rounds of edits you get because yeah. web web could be almost endless. Because yeah. when is a website ever truly finished? It's not. I can launch it. Doesn't mean it's done. Content's fluid. I, I made an analogy once when I managed a website, like I worked in-house and they hired this agency to do yeah. the website. And then I came on board like right when it was launching yeah. and I was going to manage it. And so I made this analogy that a website is a baby yeah. <laughs> and like the agency delivers the baby yeah. and now you're the parent yeah. because every day you got to do something with the baby. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so whether it's content or plugin updates or something like that, yeah. or, you know, code needs to be updated. Yes. All the time. <laughs> and All so the there's time. something you just have to make sure um, you're you're keeping that up to date, but that's just so easy to go over on estimated hours with with that. There's edits after edits after edits. Yeah, and and I found, I mean, you put it in there as a safeguard. Yeah, somebody, if I put in there two rounds of edits and the third round was like small, I probably yeah. let it slide. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it's interesting. I've had clients like like this happened to me very recently. I had a project and it was flat rate, and they got two rounds of edits, mm-hmm. and I did the two rounds of edits. And I, in, I hadn't even remembered that I only, I put only two in there. Right. So I emailed them. I was like, here's the proof. Let me know if you have anything else. And they replied back. I believe we've used our two rounds of edits. Yeah. We'll take it from here. Thank you so much for the help. Please send your invoice. Um, and I was like, oh, cool. Because <laughs> I was going to do a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it's good for everybody. I it think is it's good, good for everyone. Because the other reason I like it from the client perspective is sometimes you have clients that they don't think of everything at the same time. Right. Well, and they shouldn't. This, that, isn't the, no. this is not what they do all and day. And they send it in bits and pieces. Yeah. And then you do a change and then they have another change and, and it kind of helps eliminate don't piecemeal that. It. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so they'll really truly sit there and think a little bit more of yeah. all the changes they want yeah. and send it at one time. Yeah. And then you make all the changes. Right. And then hopefully it'll be a little bit cleaner of a process. Sure, 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 sure. It also makes people look at the edits holistically. Yeah. I think it's really important. And that's why like we've talked about this a bit. Um, I prefer being hourly over flat rate yeah. because sometimes the projects do need more edits yes. than we initially anticipated. Now, when you flat rate, you just have a conversation about that. Yes. Um, some of my flat rate stuff, I have a caveat. Like if you go over, right. we'll switch to a hourly. Yeah. But I prefer it that way because it just gives you the flexibility around like, sure. you know, if we need more time with it, but I, yeah. I'm also very flexible about it. If somebody wants flat rate, fine. Exactly. Then we just add the caveat. Well, that's the thing. And I have some clients, they prefer flat rate. They just want to know what they're, they budget for, right? They don't want any surprises. Right. I get that. Whereas hourly, like a lot of the agencies that I'm working for, hourly is just easy for them. Some of them, you know, we cap it at a certain I do amount. Everybody, I give them a range. Yeah. With and then yeah. I have some that are just like, we just need the work, work done. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we know you're good. Just, just invoice at the end of the month, how many yeah. hours you spent on the project. 
which is great. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I do like to make sure I kind of give them a heads up. And, you know, then to the whole, do you invoice at the end of a project when you're doing it hourly or do you invoice at the end of the month? I do end of the month. So, and to me, sometimes, well, that's not hard on fast. the client. 90% of the time I do it at the end of the month. Yeah, same. But if I see, I've done this a couple of times, I've emailed them and be like, I only did three hours of work on it this month that, and next month I'm going to do 30. I'm yes. just going to invoice you all at once. Exactly. Or like, if it's like, oh yeah, I usually invoice once a month, but this project's only going to take two months. I'm not right. going to make you cut two checks. I'll just, I'll sit. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and it does depend and everyone's a little bit different of how they want their, their invoicing. So yeah, it's just good to be a little bit flexible there, but make sure you're setting a standard of what you're doing for your client. Yeah. And, and with scope, whether we're talking about deliverables, we're talking about rounds of edits, whether right. we're talking about, you know, um, due dates, turnaround times, payment structures, whatever. Yeah. If you feel like your email is over detailed, it's probably just right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I outline a lot of stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I'll tell them like, this is a lot. Yeah, I did that on my uh, email that I did the schedule send for over the weekend. I or no, it was on Friday, yeah. and I started it with apologies in advance for a lot. very lengthy email a on a Friday. But yeah. I wanted every detail in there, yeah. so they had it. Yeah, yeah. So all of that's really, really important. Absolutely. Um, another one that we wanted to discuss is don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Yes. So I very early on in my freelance career. Now, remember, COVID started like a month. Yep. So I didn't like a month into my my business. So like I didn't have a lot of time right. to build my business. And I had um, I had one client for a very long time yeah. that I really prioritized. I had some small one off work, but I was not growing my business. So I had one client that took up almost all of my time. Yeah. And then that contract ended. And it took me a while to ramp back up. Yeah. So keep yourself diversified. Even if you're doing a lot of work for one group, make sure you're still touching base and you're still, you know, in contact with others. But one of the things that Jamal said to me was be mindful. Don't give anyone too much percent of your time. Right. Right. So as like an overall rule, I think week by week, if something's come up and you guys know a lot of times, I think that's appropriate. So starting off, of course you have, you're a little more flexible (laughs) with like, you have all these grand intentions when you're starting and then starting off, you know, like you're just getting what you can get at that point. Right. 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 Starting off, I instantly took on a client that was a retainer client, but it was 50% of my week. Yeah. Right. But I knew it was only going to be a three month contract. Yeah. So I was good with that. But then we had to have a real conversation of, you know, I think we, we, and it, ended, it was a good mutual decision. They were trying to hire full time. I needed to, I had other client work that was starting to add up. And, yeah. and so we, it ended up being a good mutual decision for both of us. Right. But would I take on that now? Probably, definitely not. Right. I even had, I had someone approach me about potentially uh, interviewing for a part-time position. Yeah. And I truly thought about it because I was like, yeah, it'd be a weekly paycheck. Like, that's not bad. It'd be, I would still have time to work on client work. And then I sat back and I was like, do I really want to promise 50% of my time to one client just yeah. for a weekly paycheck. When I am the reason I am becoming a freelancer is because of flexibility right. and working for myself. And I think too, that's a conversation as well about like, 
you tend to get paid higher hourly as a contractor right. than you do as an employee or even as a part-timer. Right. And that is because our work is volatile and we don't know when we're getting more. Like exactly. it's appropriate that we get paid more because we incur so much risk on our end. Yeah. But then it's a conversation about, well, I could be doing, cause I've been offered similar yeah. things. I could, I could do this steady work at a lower hourly rate than what I'm doing yeah. this work for. And so it's a, it's a, and it's, it's tempting. It is. It's tempting, but you it have is. to think like, what's your long-term goal? Mm-hmm. And mine, the reason I went the freelance was for that flexibility yeah. and I wouldn't, wouldn't have it if yeah. I took on that part-time gig right. on top of everything else. But also I kind of already told myself, I'm not putting myself in a position where one client gets 50% of the work. But to your earlier point too, I also don't want to say no to a client that would pay my normal rates. Yeah. Knowing I had a part-time yeah. hours that needed to get done. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I'd rather obviously take on clients that are going to pay my rate. Right. 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 So, right. but also with not putting all your eggs in the same basket, I, I am a big advocate for make sure your clients are all different types, have a different variety yeah. of like the projects mm-hmm. and not all necessarily in the same industry. Yeah. I think during the pandemic where we saw a lot of agencies having major layoffs, mm-hmm. A lot of them had like specialties. Yeah. They had verticals that were all like one to two major verticals. Yeah. And when those industry, their client industry suffered, they had to do major layoffs. Yeah. And so I was thankful. I worked at an agency that were, they were very versatile and mm-hmm. very diverse in the type of clients that they took on. Mm-hmm. So we still, we still stay busy. We still, we were in growth mode yeah. at that point. Yeah. And so I kind of take that experience. That's not a mistake. That is right. a good thing. Yeah. Others mistake. <laughs> but at my very first job though was uh, 2007, 90% of our clients were real estate. Yep. Guess what? That did not sure. help. Sure. And I did lose my job yeah. as a result of that. And kind of as a learning from that, I've learned, do not put all of your clients. And some mm-hmm. people like that. Some cl- people like having, being an expert in this one thing and having all their clients in the same vertical. That's great. Just know it's high risk because mm-hmm. should something happen to that vertical, right. that industry, right. like then you will be affected. Right, right. Right. Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something else I have learned going forward Mm -hmm. is um, don't take on things that aren't your wheelhouse or you can't handle. Um, So very early on, I've mentioned before, right. I started my business during the pandemic and there was not a lot of work. And so I was trying to take anything and everything. Yep. And I was like, all right, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to code. All right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to learn SEO because, because I would get inquiries about yeah. that sort of stuff. And, um, I spent more time trying to learn skills that aren't in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. than I would have just pursuing work that is in my wheelhouse. Right. Now there's, there's an asterisk to that, right? You should always be learning. Yeah. If it makes sense to expand, do that. Yeah. Right. Like be, you can be versatile in that respect, but I don't have any desire to do SEO. Yeah. It is not the way my brain works. Right. Um, so know what you do. Yeah. Be honest with yourself and the client and know what you want to know what you want to do. Because to your point, like I, SEO is one of those things that I would get 
people would ask me if I would do it. And again, it's for me too. I was like, it's just not, will I do UX design? Yes. Will I build your website? Yes. Do yeah. I want to get SEO? No. no. Some people don't understand that just because you make websites, you don't want to touch SEO. Yeah, they don't, don't understand that. I, don't I do just, that. it's not, it's not what I want to be working on. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so Danielle, yes. I feel like we could talk about this for hours yeah. and, and hours and hours and, and hours. And our and listeners hours hours. are going to hear it and yeah. they're going to be like, oh, I've got some yeah. stories for you. Because I've still got a couple more. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a couple more. Absolutely. Um, but now feels like a good time to break. So yes. this is what we've learned. Like hit us up in the comments, you know, DM us, let us know what you've learned. Absolutely. Um, and then I would love to have like a, a mistakes part part two episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> we can have a whole series on mistakes. Oh my God. Honest. All the things I've done wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah. So, you know, I think, I think it'd be interesting to hear what other people have learned along For the way sure. and not just in freelance, just like in design or just in business. Or, yeah. Cause so much kind of, of what I, so many mistakes I made pre freelance yeah. helps me be a better freelancer. Yeah, really? <laughs> so let us know what you've learned and maybe we've got some stories about that too. And, and we'll do a part two on this. Absolutely. For sure. Love sure. it. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Remember to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ghost Boss Podcast. And also please like and review us on your favorite podcast app. 